and welcome to VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. And for keen listeners, you'll realise that we're actually doing this on Friday the 23rd of February, which is a day late. Um, now, we're a day late actually because yesterday I went on a site visit. Um, it's a good site visit, does it? Uh, but I went and saw a company called Quadrise, which is a, a clean energy uh, fuel company, basically. So actually it does fit for this podcast. Um, and they are basically producing um, emulsion fuels. Uh, now, what's interesting about Quadrise, uh, emulsion fuels have actually been around for quite a long time. There's quite a few people who do emulsion fuels. Most people with emulsion fuels, though, put water into oil. Um, what Quadrise do is they actually put oil into water, which is a very different um, way of doing things, shall we say. It has a very different uh, impact, and they believe it's better. Um, so, uh, they, uh, believe that they can, um, reduce, uh, the CO2 coming out of, uh, heavy fuel oils and that sort of thing. Uh, they think it makes it more efficient. Um, and they're also developing a, a new, their main product is called MSAR. They're developing also a bio MSAR and a bio MSAR zero, which will basically take your fuel consumption to a net zero position. Um, because basically, the although you've obviously got a, a carbon burn within the bioMSR, because it's waste carbon, it, it actually comes down as a net uh, carbon emission. Now, look, they've got sort of three uh, interesting projects that are on the go at the moment. Um, the main area they're focusing on is shipping, where they have a, a JV with um, MSC, one of the world's largest uh, shipping groups. Um, but it may even be the world's largest shipping group, I'm not quite sure. And also um, Cargill, um, who would become basically the um, supplier of the product if it really gets going. Um, they also have a, 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 a trial they're doing in uh, heavy engineering power in Morocco and also with um, Valcor out in um, Utah with the oil sands. I.e. wherever there is, for want of a better word, heavy fuel involved, by making this emulsion, it's cleaner and more efficient. And so it should theoretically be a pretty amazing company. There's still a bit of work to be done. The sea trials with MSC need to really be completed, and that's going to take time. Uh, and in the meantime, the stock price, actually, it's a pretty good trading stock, to be honest with you. It's pretty volatile and has good good volume. Um, so it's, it's one that you can uh, trade quite successfully. Um, but it's an interesting company. We are um, joint broker to it. Uh, won't t- deny that. Uh, but I'm quite proud of that. It's good. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting site visit. We've taken up uh, retail investors and institutions just to see what's going on, to understand how emulsion fuels work. Um, so we did go into the uh, the lab, shall we say, and uh, did, had various experiments done in front of our eyes to show how it works. Fascinating. Um, but let's go back to more sort of normal. Uh, I know you're going to talk about it, and we've all sort of got to talk about it, really. And that is the phenomenal performance we've just seen from NVIDIA. I mean, you look at NVIDIA yesterday, it's market crap. It's market cap. <laughs> I say things. <laughs> grew by more than the entire market cap of Bank of America. It grew by like what it was, some incredible sum. Um, $270 billion or something it went up. Uh, I mean, you just think, why Why do you bother with UK equities? Just put your money in NVIDIA. Um, it's been such an incredible performing stock. Um, 
And obviously, we, we know that Arm in the last few weeks has also demonstrated yet again why Arm is an amazing stock as it's been shooting up. I mean, just as for, for instance, Arm is year to date up 71%. Um, who's got a portfolio in the UK that is up 71% so far this year? No one has. Well, they may do, but I doubt it. Um, just put your money in Arm. I mean, it's a, it's a British company, sadly, only listed on NASDAQ um, because unfortunately in this country we're trying to create the safest graveyard i have been predicting actually that the london stock exchange may shut down in 2037 because there just won't be any stocks left um and let's be honest the london stock exchange really doesn't give a damn about the london stock exchange the government doesn't the regulator is just over regulating everything oh it's a nightmare no don't get me going on that tack i've done it before it's very boring shut up let's, let's go back to tech and transitional energy um anyway uh, so yeah hi phil how are you <laughs> thank you Andrew. i'm I'm fine. Fine. Thank you very, very much. Um, yeah, we obviously looking at NVIDIA like like everyone else. I mean, I'll th- I tell you something that struck me was the, and is going to be very interesting now to watch with NVIDIA, is this rate of growth. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it, it is a, you know, it's a semiconductor company. Uh, its chips are manufactured by uh, TSMC uh, in Taiwan. Um, and it's seen this terrific increase in demand because of AI and using its processors in servers. I mean, NVIDIA's chips are able to do parallel processing, which is very important for AI and, uh, and why it's got such strong market share. But it's like, how are TSMC going to be keeping up with the capacity uh, that is required for all of this demand? And um, I was reading a report, Andrew, this is in the Taiwan uh, press from September 23, where they were out with uh, talking urgently to equipment suppliers uh, to buy assembly, what's called chip-on-wafer substrate uh, machines, to support the uh, to support the production there. So that's going to be very interesting to see how they are able to accommodate that. But uh, you know, wow, uh, a staggering growth. But you know, what was no, that? yeah, yeah no, I'll tell you something. I was having a chat with someone about this yesterday. Um, you know, they said, "Oh, it's all right. You vote just you know, not everybody is comfortable just going and buying." US stocks. So I was saying to them, well, look, actually, funny enough, I don't own NVIDIA, but I do own stocks that own it, which are UK. So I think I mentioned before here, they change their name sometimes, but it's the Sanlam AI fund run by Richard Ford, um, which um, has been a, a tremendous performer for me. I've held it since inception. Um, and he basically is in yeah all, the, all the, the magnificent seven, I think. I don't follow his portfolio that closely. Um, but, you know, he's in AI stocks. Uh, I also have, and I've mentioned a few times on this podcast, not quite as um, erotic, if that's the right word, um, the iShare for automotion, automation and robotics. But again, that includes a lot of these um, US tech stocks. Again, if you just look at the chart, I think I bought it in 2017 at about £4. It's now about £11. So again, has had this tremendous rally. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday. They said they had the JP Morgan uh, I think it's the the Global Opportunities Fund or something, and its biggest holding is NVIDIA. So there are quite a few ways you can play it through funds or investment trusts. We all know about the Bailey Gifford Investment Trust because they obviously had a huge position in Tesla, and so that became very well known. There are ways of playing it, should we say, in a simplistic form in the UK and also not being exposed just to one stock. Um, so it's worth, um, I think, bearing in mind those sort of uh, investment trusts and funds. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got the Fidelity Global Equities Fund, and it's it's you know it's in there. I think they've got about four percent of the fund is in Nvidia. So yeah, absolutely. There's nice ways to get to get exposure to it. But you know, it's not all been quiet in the UK, Andrew. Uh, oh, go on then. Tell us what's been rattling your cage. Come on, in terms of tech and advanced engineering, Rolls Royce. No, oh, Rolls Royce. <laughs> I, I feel rather sorry for Warren East every time I see oh, Rolls Royce because well, it all seems to be going remarkably well since he left. God, he obviously Lord. left it in a very good state, <laughs> which is the exact opposite of what the Conservative government are going to do to Labour. I've got this new theory, by the way. This is complete red herring. But actually, the Conservatives are deliberately trying to destroy and wreck the economy so that when Labour get in, which is inevitable, they, they, they have to try and run a complete and utter basket case. What was the election where it said uh, the Chancellor's office left a note on a desk and said there's no money left? Well, yeah, that's correct. That is, that's the old joke, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to Rolls Royce. Come on, Rolls Royce. Yeah, back to Rolls Royce. Yeah, poor, poor old Warren. I've got to say, um, has to remember that Rolls Royce have had large markets where sharing aerospace for many, many years, um, but obviously went through problems with with COVID. Um, you know, plunging demand and. You know, lack of demand for their uh, engines being serviced on aircraft. Then there were issues with the turbine um, themselves. So anyway, so passenger numbers have rapidly increased, recovered. We've got wars on, which means um, that defence spending has been in focus. And also we have, because of AI, huge demand for data centres um, and the servers that go in them. And that's feeding through to NVIDIA. But all of these factors are feeding through the Rolls-Royce. Um, and they reported their annual numbers. Their civil aerospace uh, their revenues were up by 29%. What was interesting there, it wasn't just growth in new engines, it's because flight hours have increased, means the engines need more servicing, and so more revenue is coming in from there. And they're saying that on the flight hours, they're only still at 88% of 2019 levels, which means there will be more to come from there in defence. Um, their revenues are up by 12%. Um, part of that's being driven by the new Orchid program on submarines, um, but also they're in, they're, they're in other areas of defence as well, apart from submarines, um, you know, like aerospace, there's a new generation of fighter jets that's being developed, they're involved in that. Um, and then finally, on power systems, which is really eye catching, the revenue is up by 16% to 4 billion. So this is out of 15.4 billion overall revenue. And on the power systems, Rolls Royce have been making gensets, big diesel gensets for years. Um, and these are like, you know, very, very important in data centers for power back, for power backup, but also for ongoing power systems. So they want to, you know, it's a big contract that I, I was reading about last year. They've won for uh, 90 megawatts of power for a huge uh, data center in Osaka uh, in Japan using their generators. So, so great drivers behind it. And then you've also have restructuring going on in the business as well. But um, the shares of, I think, Andrew, you look on screen, have nearly trebled. Well, um, uh, actually, the, today they are 352p. So your quiz question is, on the 10th of October 2022, all right? Yeah. What was the price then, do you know? When they did the emergency rights issue, was it 35? Uh, well, the price in the market was about six. What was the, the rights issue price? That's a good 30, question. I thought it was about 35p, and the bank and the government had to underwrite the debt as well at the time. Was offering yeah, could, anyway, I mean, it just, it just shows you're absolutely right that you can make a lot of money in the UK market if you get the right stock in the right place. Yeah. There's still life, maybe. Maybe I'm being unfair on this whole thing. Actually, talking of life, all right? 
life if you want to call it life uh careful what i say um talking of talking of um life in the market defense i'm sure you're going to talk about um good old bae systems which also has been roofing it yeah i mean they've um yeah i mean the shares have doubled since uh, i was looking at this since uh, russia invaded um ukraine um but they, uh, yeah, there was a, I think it was a, was it a trading update from um, from BAE um, said that they're expecting a nine percent increase in sales, nine percent uh, to twenty five point two billion profits for tax interest of two point seven billion. So very good margins there. And Rolls Royce, you know, you've got to remember the whole thing of operational gearing. And Rolls Royce reporting is that you know as the revenues are rising, it's increasing in operating margins as well as they're doing restructuring. Uh, reducing costs, but nonetheless looking for those margins increase. Um, but no, what was interesting on BAE Systems in particular is that, you know, let's see what Rolls-Royce do here as they're generating cash. Um, BAE Systems have made, made one of their biggest acquisitions in their history. Uh, a company called Ball Aerospace in the States for $5.5 billion. And this was announced last year in August, but it's defense rights, a U.S. company. So there's a whole series of uh, regulatory approvals that they have to go through before it's approved. And they've, they've got through those regulatory, number of those regulatory approvals. So there's a, apparently a few approvals still to go, but this acquisition looks like it's nearly finalized. And what Ball Aerospace does for BAE actually increases its presence in space. Um, and, um, you know, they're already working with NASA, but this is into things like, you know, satellite solutions, um, in particular in space, uh, aerospace systems. So, um, you know, very, very important. And, um, and with the acquisition, BA Systems is now guiding analysts' annual sales of 28 billion and annual profits of 3 billion for the first time. So there's an increase of over 11%. And they've got order books of, uh, they took 75 billion in new orders in the past two years. Um, particularly on uh, things like the again submarines and submarine technology, but also fighter jets of the future. So, uh, making excellent progress as is the share price. Yep, a great British success story. And of course, talking of the moon, we did have the uh, the landing on the moon, first landing on the moon um, by Americans since Apollo seventeen uh, took place today. Um, quite a, an important uh, landing, actually. First of all, because it was a commercial landing, it wasn't done by NASA. Yeah. But secondly, it was down in the South Pole, where there is, of course, um, they call it ice water. Uh, I mean, ice by definition, I think, is water. But anyway, um, but that's important because, of course, if you're ever going to have what I describe as permanent humans on the moon, you're going to need oxygen, and you can, of course, get oxygen from water. So there's your oxygen supply. Uh, but talking of um, uh, um, Rolls-Royce and BA systems, you've talked there a bit about submarines, etc. Uh, of course, our little favorite, Pressure Technologies, um, Actually, they should be benefiting from all of this because uh, you mentioned AUKUS as well. You know, they're involved in all of the the, the massive cylinders required for submarines, etc. So um, seeing those two stocks perform, you would sort of rather hope that pressure technologies would perform alongside them. Unfortunately, it doesn't um, really because micro caps are just so out of favor at the moment and people don't want to link two and two together. But uh, it is good news for pressure technologies, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, their cylinders are going to the dreadnought submarines that they've been building for. Yep. yep. Anyway, there we go. Uh, well, right, carry on. Keep going, Phil. Okay. Don't let well, me st stop me from interrupting you the whole time. <laughs> well, let's let's stick with the themes of marine and AI. Uh, Windward 
Windward. It's WN, uh, WNWD is the ticker. Uh, 96 million market cap. One that we've discussed uh, before on this podcast. Uh, and they have Maritime AI Platform. Um, and they have, quote, billions of data points and valuable insights on vessel behaviours, ownership rights. So, I mean, it's all about shipping. Um, who owns the ships, where the ships are, which ports the ships are in, uh, goods are being loaded, um, you know, whether there are you know, any sort of trade compliance issues, um, monitoring fuel usage, all sorts to do with shipping, logistics, visibility. Um, the stock has been performing very, very well, and they have announced that they have won a contract with Interpol. Now, clearly, um, shipping has presents all sorts of um, you know, exp- have exposure to obviously smuggling crimes, etc., um, and that's been monitored very closely. So they've uh, got a contract with uh, Interpol. Um, and that starts within the second half of 2023. Um, and that's to assist in their mission, quote, of facilitating a secure maritime environment. Um, and they are providing AI uh, and intelligence uh, to Interpol. And this is to reduce sort of human smuggling, illicit trafficking, illegal fishing, etc. So good news for Windward. Very good. Yeah. There we go. Um, also, we got what there was a couple. Uh, right, let's talk about not so good news because we've been covering lots of good news. Um, well, I was a bit disappointed to see actually. It was Gooch and House go GHH? Uh, yeah, they had a warning, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, they do um, specialised optical equipment for the semiconductor industry, um, and they had said. That they, uh, you know, also involves medical technology as well, medical diagnostics. But um, yeah, they've seen a down reduced demand in the semiconductor market um, and delays and cancellations of certain U.S. Um, development programs. So profits are falling below expectations, um, and the shares clearly got hit on that profit warning. Um, but of course, this is always a time to have a look at companies and start doing a bit of research to see what might be ahead for them. Um, you know, given the impact that this has had, because mm-hmm. it's been around for a long, long time. This company, quoted, it has. I quoted for a long, long time, which means it has eventually adjusted to circumstances, and that's why, as I say, you kind of start to look at it. Uh, at this stage, but obviously there's still, you know, there might be risk there of further slowdown. So that wasn't uh, that was good news for them. Um, Podpoint, Andrew, don't know if you'd like to say. Ah, uh, yes, well, Podpoint, we've got a new um, CEO, Melanie Lane from uh, Shell, haven't we? Come in. Yeah, we have. So tickers P O P O D P. Shares now 33 million market cap, and this is an EV charging um, company. But yeah, they have bought in a, um, and they they said that. Um, Group results effectively in line of previous guidance. Revenue of 63 million, a loss of 16 million, uh, and a close with net cash of 49 million at the end of December. I mean, the, the company has, you know, struggled. It moved to focus on kind of home and workplace charging. Of course, with that, there's always issues with, you know, not only just getting planning permission and stuff, but it's you know getting the equipment, um, delays on hardware and sourcing components, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not been easy for them at all. Um, so the chief exec is moving up to chair, 
And uh, yeah, they have appointed a new uh, chief exec, Melanie. She's joining from Shell Recharge Solutions. So she comes with a very, very uh, good background. Um, and she was focused at Shell on e-mobility solutions. So it'll be interesting to see how this all shapes up. Well, Melanie, if you happen to be listening to this, do come and visit us at VSA. We think you've got a very interesting company. Actually, some of your former colleagues at Shell, who I know, tell me you're exceptionally talented. So please give us a call if you're listening. Somehow I suspect you might not be listening. But you never know. Maybe your PR company's listening. Yeah, well, we'll be in touch with them anyway. So, yes, we'd definitely like to meet. Um, Software Circle. Ticker is, uh, uh, yeah, ticker is SFT, a 58 million market cap. Um, the, yeah, the company was called Grafenia PLC before. Um, and they have software that was uh, that's used in the graphics industry. Um, and they raised £23 million in September. Uh, to target acquiring, quote, in vertical market software. I mean, this is software that's, you know, is, is, is tailored at a specific industry. So, you know, vertical markets, right? Um, and during last year, they appointed a new CEO and a new CFO as well. So change in management, raising of capital, um, and they announced, you know, the capital part of the race was to acquire software companies in these niches, and they've just announced a small acquisition, a company called Arc Technology Limited, and that's uh, software in uh, learning the higher, it's for higher education institutions, um, and this is for um, administrative software allowing students, tutors, department staff to, uh, I don't know, use institutional information. Anyway, it's a small acquisition, £2 million, satisfied in cash, but obviously it's a classic, you know, the equity markets, and this is where the equity markets are very good, Andrew, for buy and build, uh, and software companies have taken full advantage of that in the past and been very successful. Well done then. Got a nice ticker as well. Yeah, indeed. And a final one for me, again, one we discussed on the podcast, is Journeo. Ticket is G-N-E-O, market cap, 48 million. Um, and the forecast, this is an interesting, I was looking at the, um, yeah, I was looking at the valuation on this one, actually. Uh, the forecast for revenue of 46 million rise, rise to 48 million, and it's on EV NR multiple of 0.7 times, EV bit of 8.3. So low multiples, what does it do? It provides tech to uh, bus and train operators. Um, so this is things like uh, signage that you'll see at train stations and bus stops, uh, digital displays, obviously they all need to be updated, um, CCTV systems that are on, um, on passenger vehicles, the remote condition monitoring on vehicles, so there'd be buses and on trains as well. It's all sorts of tech into the transport industry um, and they had a, a little announcement here that they, they were making um, uh, so they made an acquisition in January quite a company for 8.7 million pounds um, they closed their year period end in June with 11.3 million cash and record order books but they just announced this week uh, that it's making um, they've got a framework agreement with the Northern Transport Partnership that they tended to for, and this is expected to generate five million revenues um, in the up to January two thousand twenty-eight, and they've already had a relationship with the uh, with this transport company. So it's good, just good news for them. Um, seems like actually in a know. similar sort of space. Did you see? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of has a lot of business around the railways. Well, Traxxas had a trading update. Oh yeah, well, so it was it was in line actually, but Traxxas is getting its sort of act together again. Uh, I follow a little bit because uh, my mother has it in her IHT portfolio, which I run. Um, 
Yeah, two, two interesting businesses there. It's a different, yeah. different type of sector. But um, yeah, yeah, journey on tractors. There we go. Uh, I'll maybe just finish up, just uh, for those who maybe haven't seen it, but as you know, I follow the old battery uh, area, long duration energy storage very, very closely. Um, we, we did here predict the collapse of the uh, energy storage funds in the UK accurately. And one that's uh, rather caught my eye in the last few days has been Fluence, because Fluence is probably the world's leading uh, manufacturer of, of lithium-ion batteries for long duration energy storage. Um, it's partnered up with Siemens, and it all rather came out of the woods yesterday, actually, that numerous hedge funds are shorting it like mad um, because they basically haven't been telling everybody that there's an ongoing lawsuit by investors, that they've been lying, the whole thing is falling to pieces. I, I, do I have to be careful what I say? I don't know whether I have to be careful what I say because... Probably. Probably. Um, uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Um, the, the, bottom, the bottom line is that they're having not a very nice time at the moment. They haven't had a, I mean, they've had collapses before. So this is not the first time. Uh, they absolutely sort of tanked at the start of 2022. Um, but in the last few days, they've sort of halved again. Um, you know, I think the reason I mentioned this is that it is, people need to wake up and realize that although literally gigawatt after gigawatt after gigawatt of long duration energy storage is being um, put in place at the moment. It's virtually all lithium iron. This is not the solution to long duration energy storage. People need to start looking at other forms as well as such as vanadium flow, which people know that we like. It's not the only form you've got out there. I mean, there's there's plenty of other things as well. Um, Please don't get sucked in to the uh, lithium iron long duration energy storage sort of but, well, it's not a bubble anymore. It's it's a it's a puddle, um, <laughs> opposite of a bubble, I suppose. Anyway, I just mentioned that. Uh, that'll probably do, Phil. Won't it? Uh, hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, sorry, it's a day late. Um, if you've got any questions? Give us a buzz. Thanks. Excellent. Chat next week, Andrew. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.